Hi everyone, I'm Molly Carr, and this is The Wedding Destination, a podcast for couples and creatives where we discuss all things destination weddings. As a destination wedding photographer, I have traveled the world and had the opportunity to work in some of the most beautiful places imaginable with some of the best and most inspiring wedding industry creatives out there. Whether you are a bride or groom planning your destination wedding, or a wedding industry creative hoping to grow your business, welcome and welcome to today's episode of the podcast. As you listen to today's episode, we would love to see where you are and what you're up to. Snap a photo and be sure to tag us at Wedding Destination Podcast. Welcome everyone. I am so happy that you're here today and that you're tuning into a conversation that I have been especially excited about. Luxury wedding planner Neely Butler of Marie Ami joins me today, and I am truly looking forward to you getting to know her. Neely is the owner and executive planner of Marie Ami, one of the nation's most sought-after event planning, production, and design firms. Throughout her two decades in the hospitality industry, Neely has been recognized by Fortune, Brides, Over the Moon, The New York Times, and many more, as well as named one of the South's top wedding planners. Neely serves a discerning clientele of CEOs, presidents of Fortune 500 companies, universities, and owners of professional sports teams, all while maintaining a footing in the boutique hospitality industry. In 2021, Neely was named a leading female entrepreneur by the Tory Burch Foundation, and this month she will be recognized by the Alabama chapter of the American Cancer Society as one of this year's honorees. Neely, thank you so much for joining us, and welcome to The Wedding Destination. Thank you so much, much, Molly. I'm thrilled to be here. I am so excited to have you here, Neely. Your designs are nothing short of extraordinary, and your heart-centric ethos, which I think really starts with your business name of Marie Ami, which means bride's friend in French, completely exemplifies that. And I'm really looking forward to our listeners to get to know you. So before we start talking all things weddings, can you tell us a little bit about your background and how you got started in the industry? Yes, absolutely. So I, um, I actually started finding an interest in weddings when I was young. My mom took me to my first bridal show when I was like 14 at a hotel and it, um, I loved it. And I had all the little souvenirs that they would give out. And then, you know, as later in high school went on, um, you know, it wasn't really a serious interest. It was just something I always thought was neat. And I went to the university of Alabama, And my freshman year, I was actually diagnosed with cancer. And so my mom, I spent the next four years of college um, battling cancer the whole time. So my mom did a lot of, um, what do you want to be when you grow up? Let's use this time while you're at home getting treatments to think about the future. And, you know, or there may be some older people, mentors that you can have lunch with. And it wasn't like a pushy thing. It was more of like just kind of setting my mind on the future since I was faced with this life-threatening disease. And um, it was then that I, I kind of discovered that maybe event planning would be something that I was interested in. And so um, I got my first job um, right out of school at a university planning events for them. Um, Obviously I was the lowest man on the totem pole and like stuffing invitations and things like that. But I, 
you know, was just very eager, eager to learn. Um, I then went on to a law firm and planned their events for six years and absolutely loved it. Um, it was there that I really was thrown in, you know, with two feet and, you know, no one at the law firm but me was planning the event. So it wasn't like I had a boss to like ask questions and things. So I really had to figure it out on my own. And I, and I really just fell in love with the craft. And um, from there, I went on to one more company um, doing corporate planning. And then from there, I just was like, you know, I really would love to have my own thing. I um, found myself in 2009 uh, financially at rock bottom. Um, I think I had $300 in my checking account and I just went for it because I, you know, I had, to. um, I'm, I'm very much a survivor. And so I, um, I just went for it and, um, worked really, really hard and it took off. And so that was 2009 and here we are today, um, you know, still planning weddings. Wow. That is such an incredible story, Neely. And I mean, it sounds like for you having such a extraordinary experience at such a young age, having gone through having cancer as a college student, when I'm sure most of your friends are most worried about what they're going to wear on Friday night or you know who's going to who at a sorority or fraternity date party. So I mean, for you, it sounds like really having that perspective at such a young age gave you not only the vision to what you wanted to do, but also sounds like it really showed you that you could conquer absolutely anything put in your way. No, that's exactly right. And I honestly, I had had a really hard time in school as a young, you know, student. And so study, I was always like, had to be a really hard worker from study standpoints because it didn't come natural to me at all. And so then, you know, to live the first half of my life, having to study really hard just to make a solid B then to run into a life-threatening disease, it was just kind of like I never, I always had to fight for something. Um, and so I just kind of transitioned that fight mentality into building this business. And, you know, I never really dreamed of being a banker, lawyer, doctor, because that was too much schooling for me. Um, you know, and I never really dreamed that this would be a career that would make enough money to more than just took barely provide. You know, I didn't know that it was, I certainly didn't never dreamed that it would become the career that it is. Um, and it was almost like I woke up 10 years into my business and was like, well, gosh, I think I've built something. So um, <laughs> That right. is extraordinary. So you, 2009 was the year that you took the dive into leaving the corporate event planning space to starting your own business, to starting Maria Me. So can you tell us a little bit about your path as a wedding planner from where you began in 2009 to where you are today? Yeah. So I live in, um, in Mountain Brook, Alabama, which is a very small city in, kind of in Birmingham in, in Alabama. And it's a, um, you know, they had really, they've had really nice weddings here and there's two major country clubs and people spend, you know, money on things that they want to spend money on. And I decided there wasn't a wedding planner in our market. And I, I did see a hole in the market and thought, well, I'll, I'll go fill it. And I um, was eager to plan anything. And so I was not charging very much and was willing to plan whatever anyone needed me to plan. And I started a blog back in 2009 um, 
pre-Instagram, barely Facebook, and just to give me some content to write about and to put my name out there as I was doing this on my own. And, you know, I took weddings that were not in my community, that were outside of my community, that was not near the budgets that um, I do now. And um, I was just willing to do anything. And I think that was kind of the key to my success is that I just said yes. I never set out to start a luxury wedding planning company. I set out to make a dollar. And, um, and so therefore I was able to really grow with my business and one thing led to the next and led to the next. And I had, you know, my first wedding budget was a thousand dollars and then it was $5,000 and then somebody gave me 10 and then somebody gave me 25. And then all of a sudden I was like, Oh my God, I have a $50,000 wedding budget. And I just like, didn't even know what to do with myself. Um, and I turned around probably on year three and was doing 50, 50 weddings a year. And, um, it was all in my hometown and I was just bouncing back and forth from country club to country club, back and forth and, um, really created a name for myself and a brand and a, and a business model, um, that if you got married in Mount Brook, Alabama, you hired me. And, um, it, it's really what built the business. And it wasn't until, you know, later on that, we transitioned into the destination market and working for people outside of Birmingham. Wow. I mean, I think for a lot of people, not just planners, but any wedding industry creative listening to this, I mean, the fact that when you started, you said yes to anything. And for you, it sounds like that's really how you built your business, how you built your processes. And in a way, so that when the budgets naturally started increasing and then you booked your first $50,000 wedding, as an example, you were ready to take that leap because you had built a really successful process already versus starting and all of a sudden trying to take on these really high end, high production level events. You grew as your business grew. And I think that's incredible. And I think such a refreshing reminder that saying yes will lead to the next opportunity, which will lead to the next one. Yeah. And I really just believe when I meet with younger people who want to start this business, you know, with Instagram and the ability to be whoever you want to be, like as far as social media goes, you can say you're a luxury wedding planner and you've never planned a wedding before. I, I see, I think the mistake is saying, you know, feeling like the pressure to say, oh, I'm a luxury wedding planner on day one. Um, because then you're expected to know how to be a luxury wedding planner and, yes. um, and it doesn't build the brand reputation while you, you may have a good relationship with that client. At the end of the day, the clients might not really feel like they got what they thought they were getting. And that's not how you build in this business of referrals. And so my advice to all young planners is be who you truly are. And at the level that you naturally are before you, um, it's not a put the cart before the horse um, business, in my opinion, because you really do learn from every wedding. I mean, I'm sure you're the same way. Every single wedding, I learn something else. And um, and so the, those years of experience really are um, beneficial when you're doing something like this. You are so right. And I mean, there's so much that goes into it. I feel like we could make that an entire episode in its own. But I mean, I know for you over the years, you have built out a really big 
team. And you have a wonderful team that works for you full time. I know some of the people that work for you have been with you their entire careers. And again, that is something that just takes time so that when you have the dream opportunity that rolls around, you have the network, you have the team, you have the experience to know that you're going to be able to over deliver to that client in every way versus like you said, if you're positioning yourself as a luxury event planner or luxury anything, but really you don't have that experience to back it up, there's just, you're putting yourself, I think, at a lot of risk that you are going to under deliver to your client. And in the end, that's not what this is about. It's really about doing right for the amazing couples that are hiring us and that are planning this once in a lifetime event. And I think that is just so refreshing to know that, you know, I think we see in the age of Instagram, these people that sometimes seem like they have it all together or like they are an instant success, but that somebody like you who really has this incredible business has it because you have just put in the time over the years into consistently investing in yourself, investing in your team and growing. That's 100%. Yeah. Yes. So then for you, I know where you're at today, you have a team that works for Maria Me. And right. I know you still do a lot of work in Alabama, but you also do events in other areas of the country. You do destination events. So can you tell us a little bit about where you are today? Yeah, absolutely. So it was about nine, um, 10 years ago. Um, I was pregnant with my child, my little boy. Um, and one family from Birmingham took us to their destination home and asked us to plan the wedding. And it is what kind of took my business outside of Birmingham. It showed that Miami could travel I enjoyed it. My team enjoyed it. We did a, we were very successful. It was a really, really high end wedding. Um, and so it, you know, just like all, if you do a good job, it leads to the next piece of business. And, um, we started traveling and we were traveling for mostly Birmingham based families going other places. And then what happened was we were working in Carmel, California, and we would book you know, a piece of business of a Manhattan girl who wanted to get married in Utah. And so our clientele then um, has become more today is probably, I'd say 65% non-related to Birmingham, have no idea where I came from, but just know Maria me um, and either want us to do their weddings in their hometowns or they want to do a destination wedding. And then, you know, the rest of the business may be Birmingham, or Alabama clients who want their wedding in Alabama or, or around. But, um, so, you know, it just kind of, um, it just took off that way. And then my team, you know, has grown and, um, stayed very consistent, which has made it all possible. Wow. And, you know, I, I think anybody can see from whether it's following you on Instagram or diving into your beautiful website that the weddings that you and your team plan now are absolutely extraordinary. And I mean, for me, I think the first thing that somebody might notice are those beautiful, exquisite designs. I know that the Marie Ami approach goes a lot deeper than that. So can you share a little bit about the unique wedding planning process and experience that you provide to your clients? Yeah, absolutely. So um, 
Thank you. I, I do think our weddings are very pretty. Um, my team puts a lot of um, time and energy into making them as beautiful as they are. Um, but at the end of the day, like I love taking care of clients. Like, so yes, I want my weddings to be beautiful and I enjoy that, but like picking out the table linens and what the tabletop's going to look like in the flowers is not my um, strongest interest in the whole process. And as the owner of the company, I've been able to hire people who do have a strong interest in design because at the end of the day, I get up every day to say, where is my client's stress level? What are they feeling? And how can I make them, you know, either feel at ease or by getting the tasks done and managing the people and managing the crews and things like that. So I would say, you know, at the base of Miami, it's just very heart centered. It's very personal. Um, we started this company and named it Maria Me because it means Brad's friend in French. And when I first started, it was very, very much, I'm just the best friend of the Brad and I'll do whatever it takes. Now, I will say, you know, over the years of being in business, you know, that Brad's best friend is is more of a professional relationship. Back in the day, it truly was the Brad's best friend. I mean, my very best friend today was my bride. I'm her, the godmother of her daughter. Like she is truly my best Aww, friend. That's and incredible. Not that I don't love my brides. I do. I love my brides so wholeheartedly. I love getting to know their family. It's just like a lot of us in this industry do. But at the same time, you know, we're dealing with major productions, very high budgets. And so, um, you know, they can definitely come to Miami and find a very professional approach um, to this heart centered business. So I, I found you still can run a very successful business um, that is very um, professional to even the fathers who are running Fortune 500 companies. My biggest compliment is when they're like, God, this is so much more professional experience than I thought it was going to be. And I'm like, yeah, that's what I wanted to hear. Um, <laughs> so you can still be a heart centered driven, I mean, heart centered approach and professional at the same time. Um, but that's what makes me tick. Um, it's, it's more than even what it's going to look like, but of course, you know, I like for it to be pretty. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, I think another thing that makes your business really interesting is like we talked about, you have a really wonderful team that works for you and that have been with you for quite some time. So to me, it seems like you have always really valued empowering and investing in women and in your team. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. So it wasn't, and it wasn't like something that I was like, Oh, I want to be a boss and I want to like have people working for me. You know, that happened while the business was growing. And honestly, the first hire was scary, just like everyone's. And I didn't know like, how am I going to pay this person? And am I going to be a good boss? And you know, but then once I had one employee and then two and then three, it was almost like I found a drive and an enthusiasm in mentoring and empowering other people to be the best version of themselves. And I love watching my team grow as individuals. And what I always tell them is I want you to be the very best wedding planner you can be that just happens to work at Miami. Like, you know, having that ownership in the brand and it not being the Neely Butler show, it allows them to be known for who they are and their talent. And they work for a company that supports them as if they were the owner of the company. And so um, 
it's really, it's, it's nice to have that opportunity, just like to pour into people and give them opportunity. Um, we have mostly females on our team, but we do have a male on our team and, um, and he's my age and, you know, he calls me boss lady, but, um, you know, <laughs> at the same time, let's just be honest. He tells me exactly what he, you know, what to do and things like that. So, um, I never really had that mentorship when I was younger. I really wanted it. I was craving it and just wanted somebody to help like a little bit pave the path for me. And I never was able to find that. And so, um, mentoring other people is super important to me. Very rarely will you, um, find me saying no to all the random people that email and ask, can I just pick your brain for 30 minutes? Can I have coffee with you? Can I just, can you tell me how to do this? Like I, um, I really, I'm really empowered by that and and thankful to have the opportunity to be able to help other people. Um, wow. and shepherd them along the way. So that's incredible. And I mean, I think really says so much about who you are, that even where you're at in the level of your career, that you are still giving people that send you that email time to pick your brain. I mean, to me, that is amazing. I know we were talking offline too about what it means to take on a team. And I was telling you that over the past couple of years, that's something that I've really been doing with my photography business. And that's, to me so wonderful that you really value that mentorship and developing people. And I can only imagine what what a incredible experience that has been for your team and how much they've grown by your side with your leadership. And for you, I know what you had said, your favorite part really about the process is the hospitality. For you, that is where your heart is. And I would love to know if you could tell us a little bit more about why you think that those one-on-one hospitality practices are so important in weddings. Well, I think in weddings, um, you know, it's such an emotional event that people, it's their one chance. It's they want, they, there's so much pressure. Like if I have one time to do this, I have to get it right, you know? And it's kind of like when you're a little kid and you had a quarter in your pocket and you're like, how am I going to spend this quarter? Right. It's, I don't want to like buy the wrong thing and wish that I had done something else. So there's so much of that like internal turmoil, I feel like in, in, in my clients that, they need to be heard and truly listened to. And then also very like, I also, I owe it to them to give them an honest response. And that's where kind of all these years of experience, I can honestly say, if they say, well, this is what I'm thinking. I can say, okay, I understand why you're thinking this way. I know why you want it this way, but that part isn't going to work with this will. And let me tell you why, so that they don't mess up. And having that, um, that trusting relationship between, me and the client is so, so important. And I feel like um, if we don't trust each other, then this relationship isn't all it can be. And in order for the client to trust me wholeheartedly, they need to see me as a real person. And I'm a real person that has flaws. I'm a real person who has three kids. Um, You know, I have been through a lot of hard things in my life. And so just kind of being vulnerable and being real with my client immediately and not putting up this, oh, I'm this like amazing wedding planner that you've hired and paid a fortune. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And that's just like that. You've got to be real. And so they feel real that you can have those 
open conversations and then they can, they can tell me when they're stressed or they can tell me when they don't like something and, um, and just kind of managing their expectations and shepherding them through this process is really, I feel like my strength of emotional intelligence that I get to bring to the table every day. Wow. And with that, I would be curious with the hospitality aspect, do you also like to bring that into your personal life? So are you the type of person that loves entertaining at home? Do you bring some of that experience into your relationships with your clients or even the type of weddings and type of experiences that they're giving their guests from a hospitality perspective? I love to entertain at home. Um, I had a party closet for, I still have a party closet. If you know, like if somebody comes over for dinner, I can like whip out this like amazing table. But the funny part is, is that I don't go to the grocery store and I don't know how to cook. So, you know, <laughs> that part, I always have to, I've got to find somebody else to do that for me. But yes, I love, I love making people feel um, heard and appreciated. And I want you here and this is going to be fun. But I also, it's not that stuffy, like I get everything wrong. Like, it, you know, this level of perfection in the world that we live of Instagram and like seeing the perfectly done table and the perfectly dressed and everything's just perfect. And while my weddings do have to be perfect, um, I think real life, it's not. It's just about the feeling you make give people, you know, that you make people feel. And that's what true hospitality is. And whether that be, you know, a paper plate with a piece of pizza on it, but you've invited them over or, you know, whatever it is, I just feel like it's, bringing like letting your friends feel that way your family feel that way it's just kind of an intentional way to be um which i do i do love i love it yes love of good dinner party <laughs> <laughs> well and i have to think that for you in the world of uber luxury weddings that you work in while having you know a really elegant high touch luxury experience design visuals is important i have to think that you also infuse that hospitality and warmth into the weddings that you create with your team yeah i mean absolutely i just you know i want the guests to feel it i want people to leave the miami they get a people go to beautiful weddings all the time um but I love it when I hear, oh, I knew it was a Miami wedding immediately. And it was because it was the way it made them feel. And it's like, whether it be greeting somebody off the bus or oh, let me walk you to the restroom or um, the smiles or, or, or the way we treat our vendors, like that's super, super important to me. I love, um, it's really important to me that vendors enjoy working with us and our team because we've got to work with them again and again and again. And you're only as good as the people around you. So, um, you know, and I feel like that's, that's the art. That's the true art that I want to deliver every day. Um, with the, with the pretty weddings on top. Yes, absolutely. And I mean, yes, creating that full 360 experience where guests, the couple, their families, and the creative team that they hire that are creating their wedding feel taken care of, feel appreciated. I mean, that is where the magic happens. Yeah. And just like how thankful am I, I am that they hired me. Like, I think yeah. sometimes we forget that in this business that you know, yes, I'm, I'm a very good wedding planner and I have a great reputation, but I wouldn't have any of this if they didn't, if these clients didn't hire me. And so, you know, always keeping that mentality of every single client, gosh, I am so thankful you hired me. It might not be the 
your style of wedding or, or whatnot. But at this end of the day, they, they, you know, being able to thank the couple or their parents for entrusting this huge responsibility with me and my team is never, never, I never take that for granted. And I'm always just very humbled that they would, you know, hire us to do this. Yes, that is so true. And I think it can be lost sometimes in our day and age of social media. I think people can get so caught up in creating for themselves and for their portfolio that sometimes the client and the real connection and the value can get a little bit lost. So that's amazing that you still have that I think reflection after every event that you just feel such gratitude. And I'm sure that gratitude just flows throughout the entire experience with your team, with the guests, with the couples. And that's amazing. And I think really everybody needs to continually remind ourselves of that because I mean, we're in the business of making people happy and creating beauty and what a joy to be able to do that as a profession. No, absolutely. And I've gotten to meet some of the most fascinating, amazing people all over the country. And it never, like I might be standing on the side of a mountain in Montana, dreaming of a tent that's going to hang it off, you know, and be, and I'm like, wait, I get to do this? Like, are you kidding? This is amazing. And then like the people we've met have just been truly amazing people nice lifelong friendships that I would never ever have if I wasn't doing this. And so I'm just very thankful. Yes, that's absolutely incredible. And I know nearly a lot of planners who are listening to today's episode and who follow you and follow your work and look up to you would love to understand a little bit more about your approach and how to provide a true luxury experience to their couples. So how do you approach managing the whole wedding planning design process, production, while also ensuring a really smooth yet memorable experience for your clients? So I think it's all team. It's all my team. Like I cannot, um, if if it was the Neely Butler show, this would not be where it is today. It is, it's, it is, it is empowering the people on my team and managing and, and like holding them to the expectation I have for the brand that what we deliver to the client. And so we have a paper division, we have a production division, and then we have a planning division. So I've kind of divided it out into the three. And so when a client comes on board, they hire us and they're hiring the team. So no, they're not hiring Neely at all. Mm. Um, They're going to work with me and they're going to talk with me, but it is not. um, So really losing that, um, the client thinking that it's all me and I have assistance is the biggest hurdle for any person in this business looking to have a team. And you have got to get it where you're selling your company and your brand more than you're selling yourself because you cannot do it all alone. So if you can break that and have a clear expectation with the client that, hey, listen, you're hiring the company, not just me, then that opens the door for you to actually have talent on your team that carries the weight So, um, and then, you know, once that client has that trust in the process, they then get to experience just another level of expertise and service because you have paper who is fully like committed to the paper design and and when things need to get out and all of that kind of stuff. And there's the ownership of that piece. And then you've got the planner 
who's completely in it, you know, of task and vendor management and all this budget management. And then you have production. Production has been the newest, biggest piece of my puzzle. Um, I brought on lighting and draping um, in-house production probably eh, somewhere in the ballpark of seven years ago-ish, eight years ago. I can't really remember. And, um, and we started doing our own lighting, our own draping and things like that. Um, and then in the last two years with the weddings just being all over the country, it didn't really make sense for us to physically do the lighting and draping anymore. So we've transitioned into having um, a production side of the company that is just truly like I hired somebody away from a tent company um, who'd been in the tent business for over 10 years, very knowledgeable. And um, that is Mike on my team, but he, you know, he manages production to a level that a lot of planners are not. And I have to say it's been the greatest gift that I've given myself because when a client says, can you put this wedding on my property in Montana or Jackson Hole or California, you know, I fly out there and see it. Well, he now is with me and we both together, you know, it's been able to give me a higher level of understanding of production. Um, and he can say, this is the type of tent we need. This is the company we need to hire. And he can manage that production so closely that it's a whole nother level of service that our clients don't even know they need and they'll never know they need. But we all know we've all been behind the scenes when production is like, you know, so unorganized and the tent really wasn't what we thought. And the florist is mad. Well, guess what? The client never sees any of that. But the seamlessness of the day is so, um, so much better when you have like that level of service. And so having those experts on my team to be able to truly like get all the way through the planning um, and taking ownership of each part is what delivers this seamless, amazing experience, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. And it sounds like for you, you've really utilized the combination of approaches. So for some people on your team, you have hired them when they're fresh and green and really trained them yourself into really just living your company culture and ethos. But then for the more technical roles that you've brought on experts already who can educate you and kind of elevate the experience to something that before you were not able to offer. And that to me is absolutely incredible. And I think for a lot of planners that are starting to transition or even look into transitioning from luxury to uber luxury or, you know, mid-tier to luxury, understanding that level of production and how the more budget that a wedding entails, typically the production I think goes up dramatically. It isn't always a linear curve, but okay. really it can be a very exponential process. And I think that's so smart that you have brought people in-house with you to create a very seamless full 360 experience. Yeah, it is. Um, it is there's a big jump. I think that that's mm -hmm. one thing that people didn't don't really talk about is like there's luxury and then there's like, oh gosh, luxury. And it's not that you have a client, no client's going to come to you and say, hey, I'm not that kind of luxury. I'm that kind of luxury. It's yeah. not like they're telling you it. It's just, you know, the level of production, building these massive tents that take three weeks. Like, it's just a different, um, it's just a different scale and a different um, 
it's a different beast, but it is a lot. You need a lot more knowledge than just who are you going to hire. So, I mean, with that, I know that you are really known for designing and producing truly extraordinary tented weddings. You were talking about at private estates, often completely from the ground up, where you are creating the entire space from scratch. So if couples and planners are listening to this, where would you recommend they start if they want to plan a wedding in a destination that does not have a venue? Um, they need to start with the foundation and the tent and in finding a company that is very knowledgeable, um, on what can be done. And so one thing that I learned the hard way is that, you know, these tent companies, if you just call the local tent company in that area, they're only going to sell you the type of tent that they own, Mm -hmm. you know, but there's a lot of different tents that could be a better fit for that piece of property. So that's where the more knowledge you have on like, what do I need? What product do I need to build this job is a level that most planners don't go to. So if that's not where you are in the business and you don't have that knowledge or you don't have someone on your team who does have that knowledge, then hiring a company that, um, fits with the level of work you want to go. So I hired like Skyline Tent Company for years and I still would hire them today. They are fantastic and um, could do that higher level work. Um, Whereas, you know, yes, the budget has to be there, but if not Skyline, then looking for who is the best fit for me, but definitely finding the the footing and the foundation of what is the tent going to be and what is my structure going to be before I do anything else. Mm. Yes. And I think that that for someone that is not in the industry or hasn't planned an event before, they really don't have any concept of when they see these beautiful structures that you create, the time, the investment, the labor that goes into it. I know you said sometimes they're working on it for weeks before an event. Um, Yeah. I mean, I would say what excites me now after doing this for however long, um, when when I see trucks driving across the country, and they all, you know, and I fly out and I meet the trucks, you know, and I see these loads of people getting out of cars and trucks and materials. And then, you know, the first three days, it looks like a construction war zone. And then week one, you have a floor. And then week two, you have this massive tent. And week three, you've got the carpet and the lighting and the draping. I mean, you're truly building a building. <laughs> and... um and it's just so impressive. And then and then days before the event, you have that crew kind of leaves. And then you have, you know, seated dinner for 400 where you've got, you know, 60 servers that just flock the property. It's just so, um, it's really cool. And, you know, it's a lot further than just wedding planning. You know, yes. it's, um, it's, it's, it's a big production. And and hearing, especially during our busy months, we have we, we may have a job that's on week two of a build out during the week of a wedding. And then this wedding has to come down and this one goes up. So we may have crews in three different cities and three different states all at one time. And while it's stressful, it makes me very proud. Oh, yes, as you should be. That's absolutely incredible. And so, Neely, I know that we, when talking about tents, obviously doing something like that is a very high 
production, high investment. And a lot of listeners and couples who are planning their weddings have asked questions about budgets. So for people who are newly engaged, can you share with us a little bit more about destination wedding budgets, kind of maybe what a $200,000 budget looks like or five hundred dollars or 800000 where everything really fits in with what type of event you can have with what type of budget? Absolutely. So whenever you're looking at destination, destination is always going to be more expensive because you're typically picking somewhere like a resort town or something where pricing is just going to be more expensive. Now, if it's in your backyard in Charlotte, you know, North Carolina or wherever, it's not, it might be destination for some, but not for everybody, then that's different. But like a $200,000 wedding to me, you really want to have some structure already in place. You don't really want to spend a a bunch of money leveling out the land or laying a floor. Maybe you could put up a tent with no floor. Um, and you need to keep your guests count to, you know, 150 or less. And there's some planners that'll tell you, I can't even do a wedding for 200. Um, mm-hmm. One of the things about Maria and me is that we, we, while we deal with very high budgets and very nice weddings, I don't have that. You, you have to spend like, we're kind of like, if you want us, you want us and we'll do what, what you want, but we have, you know, so we get to work with a lot of different budgets, which keeps it fun for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so we still do $200,000 weddings. No problem. Actually love them. Um, but you do need to watch your guest count and you need to make mindful decisions. And then you kind of jump up to the $500,000 wedding. Okay. You've got a great tent. You've got a floor, you've got pretty furniture. You've got lots of flowers. It's a really nice wedding. Um, depending on how over the top production you want to go, you might need to watch your guest count or do you want to have a bigger guest count and, you know, less production, but you, you're, you've got a great budget and you can have both, but you just, you know, you can't get too carried away in one or the other. Um, and then when we're in the 800 and plus, it's usually the clients inviting who they want to invite, um, You've got lots of production. You're probably we're probably on site for three weeks for a build out. You've got a lot of flowers. You've got great, a fabulous band. You've got a sound company. I mean, there isn't a T that isn't crossed and an I that isn't dotted. So mm, that is so interesting. And you know, honestly, I appreciate that you even broke it down like that because to me, that level of education and information is just not out there for people to find. And it's very easy to see these beautiful weddings and events on Pinterest or in Martha Weddings or on your website. And people don't necessarily have any idea what it entails to create these custom events and these high production level events. So really, I think think that's that's so great how you broke it down. I think that's the hardest part of our business. Honestly, like that's the part that I wish there was just like a masterclass that we would all know how to do it. And we would all learn because the clients do not know. They have no clue. And if this is their first wedding they've ever planned, even if they have the means to spend $800,000 on the wedding, they never dreamed it would be $800,000. Yes. And it's almost like the dad comes out and is like, okay, I'm going to give you five thinking he's being super generous, which of course is so generous. But really what his daughter wants is the $800 you know, million dollar wedding because she's been living a lifestyle that my dad's going to spend $500,000 for my wedding, you know? So there's always this managing expectations, but I don't know how much the wedding is going to cost until I start planning it. Yes. But the client needs to know how much the wedding is going to cost at the beginning. So there's just, that is the hardest part of what we do. 
Yes. And I think especially when people are choosing to have it at home, they think, oh, we're having our wedding at home. That yeah, we're no. going to save <laughs> we're going to save money. No, it's completely no, the opposite. No, completely the opposite. A lot of things you didn't know you were spending money. <laughs> exactly. So Neely, I have to ask, you have planned over the years weddings in some really incredible destinations. Do you have any favorites? I loved Carmel. Mm. Like Carmel, California had my heart. It was so beautiful. I just loved, it was happy. I was like, no wonder everyone wants to live in California. Um, it was beautiful. I love Texas because I love Texas people. Like, I don't know what it is. Every client I've ever had from Texas, I've loved. I've loved everything we've done there. Um, so that's always just kind of a good general um, excitement. I love the like Virginia area. Um, Nantucket was fantastic. Mm, um, yes. You know, Blackberry Farm. South Carolina, the low country is always my favorite. I mean, how can you go wrong with any of these places? Yes, they they all have such a distinctive sense of style too that I think is really fun to just lean into that and create something that just feels quintessentially California, quintessentially low country. Absolutely. My team loves out west. They love the Jackson Hole area. We're going out to Montana a good bit, Mm -hmm. um, which I do too. Um, I love any excuse to wear a hat, but you know. Yes. Oh, amazing. And, you know, I know that a lot of our listeners who work in the wedding industry that are listening to this podcast watch you see the type of business that you've created and dream of being able to work with the type of couples that you do. So, do you have any advice on how to start booking luxury destination weddings? with the business that you've got, maximize it, like maximize it, maximize the relationship, make them feel like they are your only client. Um, Learn as much as you can. Like this is the only business that you get to use someone else's money and someone else's connections to further yourself. So it doesn't cost you any more money or um, because, you know, like, I always laugh because they're like, oh, come to my masterclass and I'll teach you how to book luxury and clients. I'm like, how, how exactly is that going to happen? Like to meet the people, it's all about the relationships that are formed. And so maximizing the people around you will lead you to the next level, will lead you to the next level. And when you do hit that bigger wedding, that is the type of wedding you wa- you want. So you may have 10 other weddings that are not what you want. And you book that one wedding that you want. Make sure that you do a very good job. Make sure the guests all feel it. Because most of the time, if this person is hosting a luxury wedding, then all their guests can afford. They're all their friends. They're going to be able Mm -hmm. to afford it. And every piece of my business has come from another wedding. That is such good advice. And I think especially, like you said, if you book that one dream client that you think might be the springboard to take you to the next level, depending on what field that you're in, I mean, you can go above and beyond. If you're a photographer and they hire you for the wedding day, offer to come shoot the welcome party, shoot the rehearsal dinner, do an amazing pre-wedding session. You know, if it's out west, do it at sunset amongst the beautiful mountains. If you're in Italy, go on a fabulous boat ride on the Amalfi Coast. I mean, there's so much that you can do, I think, to really leverage that and just give it 150%, go above and beyond in every way. And people will feel that. 
I also just would encourage you, um, I think my most expensive wedding I've ever done came from my cheapest wedding I've ever done. She was a bridesmaid of that wedding. And it's like, don't ever underestimate anyone that you're working for. Mm. Like just treat them all, treat every one of those bridesmaids the way you want to be treated. Because those bridesmaids, you have no idea those bridesmaids. And they're like, will you do my wedding? I'm getting married in France. I'm like, sure. Happy to. (laughs) We'll come to France. No problem. (laughs) Oh, Neely, I am sure that many of our listeners already follow you. But for those who may have just met you, where can we follow and learn more about you? So we have Maria Me, which is where you're going to find all of our pretty, all of the weddings. Um, It's very intentional what we put out there, but we do recap all of our work there. And then uh, Neely B is my personal life. I'm a mother of three, live a life of an unplanned life, just doing the best I can, um, managing between motherhood and running this operation that I've got Maria Me. So either one. Fantastic. This has been amazing, Neely. I so appreciate your time sharing your incredible wisdom. You're so uplifting. You have so much actionable advice for our listeners. And we just truly appreciate you sharing your story and joining us here on The Wedding Destination. Well, it's so fun for me. So thank you for having me. Thank you all for listening to today's episode of The Wedding Destination Podcast. I'm Molly Carr, and you can follow me on Instagram at Molly Carr Photography and the podcast at Wedding Destination Podcast. We hope you will leave us a five-star review on iTunes and join us next week for a new episode. We'll talk to you soon.